Hello and welcome to this week's Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm senior editor of Wildcat Authority, Jason Shear, and it is officially basketball season. Uh, I'm kind of glad we, we don't have to talk football this week with the bye week and everything else that's going on in the football program. So it is a basketball-only podcast, and uh, it, it is only one game into the season, but it was a heck of a game. Um, I'm not going to break down the performance against NAU too much uh, because obviously there is a major difference in competition, and I hope to get one more podcast in uh, before the Illinois game where we'll kind of profile and preview the Illini and what Arizona can expect to see in that game, which will obviously be much more difficult than what Arizona saw against NAU. With that being said, um, if you're watching the NAU game, you don't have much to complain about. It, it, you know, I, I tweeted as a joke, it, it brings a tear to my eye seeing an Arizona basketball message board with happy people. I don't remember the last time that that happened uh, with everything that's gone on in the past year or so. So uh, I'm glad that at least for these 72 hours or whatever it is in between Arizona and the Illinois game, we can all be happy. And if Arizona beats Illinois, that will extend a little bit. Uh, but it was almost weird not having to lock threads or talk people off the edge or things like that. And, and I think the reason was, yes, Arizona blew out NAU uh, last year, last time they played. NAU has gotten blown out most times that they've played Arizona. But this felt different. Um, it just felt like Arizona had a much more talented, cohesive team on the court. And that's the thing that really stuck out to me was, um, yes, Arizona's had talent. Uh, Alonzo Trier is a talented player. Raleigh Alkins is a talented player. Um, guys like that have plenty of talent. The difference was that when you watched this team, I mean, you've got three NBA draft picks at the least. Um, who knows what Christian Coloco will become in the future. But we know that Zeke will get drafted. We know Nico Mannion will get drafted. We know that Josh Green will get drafted. Um, and then you never know. I mean, there's more guys on this team, obviously, with plenty of time and plenty of talent. But watching a team with three NBA draft picks, three potential lottery picks on the court at once, getting along, moving the ball, um, it was fun. Like, it, it was, and, and it's nice to say that it was fun to watch an Arizona basketball game because, let's be honest here, and I think Sean Miller would agree, uh, the past few years has not been fun to watch. Um, you can lose and still have an exciting brand of basketball, but we haven't seen an exciting brand of basketball. That team that lost to Buffalo was not fun to watch. The team last year, great kids, not fun to watch. Um, and, and I think that, that's the difference here. I mean, the ball movement against NAU was some of the best ball movement that I've seen from a Sean Miller coach team. Maybe the best. I mean, there were plays where you had guys in transition falling back for three. You had three, four passes to open guys. Max Hazard had a play where he was basically just standing there and guarded a little bit, and there was so much ball movement that eventually he was open. The ball movement was great, and... That, to me, starts in the backcourt. Um, Zeke's a good passer. Chase Jeter had, had some decent passing. But it is obvious last night, or not last night, but when the NAU game happened, it is obvious that Sean Miller's whole scheme on offense is different 
when you have a legit point guard. And we haven't seen the offense move like this since TJ McConnell, with the main difference being is TJ was obviously better defensively than Nico, and Nico is obviously a better scorer than TJ. Um, But it, it is obvious that Sean Miller, when he trusts his point guard, the whole thing feels different. Uh, Michael Luke had a post where he mentioned that he'd like to see Nico not stop at half court, look to Miller and get the play call because, frankly, that's what a lot of point guards under Miller have done in the past. McConnell was probably the last one that didn't do that. Well, I was watching for it against NEU, and I don't recall once that Nico did that. Uh, maybe at the last play of the half where Nico took the shot at the buzzer, um, but but I don't recall one other solid time that that happened. And if you watch Miller closely, as soon as anyone got the rebound, he was screaming, push, push, push. And he's done that in the past, but this team is much more built for it. Um, Zeke can push the ball up the court. Nico can obviously push the ball. Jamal Baker can push the ball. Dylan Smith could push the ball. Um, the best at it, and, and it's called the Phoenix position, uh, I don't know if they still call it that, but that's what it was called when Aaron Gordon was here, was Josh Green. Um, Josh Green, when he would get a rebound, would push the ball up. He's an effective dribbler, um, and, and he makes everything go. Uh, if you hear my dogs in the background, they're they're excited by Josh Green. So, <laughs> But um, uh, it, it just... It, you have numerous ball handlers on the court at once. I mean, even Stone Gettings isn't bad dribbling. You don't want him dribbling the ball up the court, um, but he's not bad at it. There's There's been guys at his position that are obviously much worse at dribbling the ball uh, than Stone Gettings. Um, so I, I think that the offense moves better when you have that lineup where you can have a Jamal Baker, a Nico Mannion, a Josh Green, a Max Hazard, um, some kind of combination of those guys where you don't have just one ball handler trying to get the ball up the floor and what happens is when you have a few guys that think like a point guard the offense is going to move because these guys are seeing plays before they develop Um, Nico Mannion his scoring may not have been all that but the, the team is better when he is on the court the thing that was good about the NAU game is that even though the team is better when Nico is on the court there wasn't a huge drop off when he wasn't um, there's no question the offense is better when he goes in the game. Uh, there's no question about it. He's a scoring threat. He had the play where he split the two NAU defenders. That was gorgeous. Um, but Jamal Baker is fine with the point. Max Hazard is okay. Uh, probably not a point guard, but, you know, Arizona could do worse. Devonir Dutriv, when, when he gets eligible, which we don't know when that is, I promise you, I don't know when he's getting eligible. I'm not lying to you. I'm not even sure the coaching staff knows when he's getting eligible. Um, but um, it, it's a type of situation where um, they they have some, some nice depth in, in the backcourt. And, and all these guys um, bring something different. Like Jamal Baker may not be as fast as Nico Mannion, but he's a better defender. Uh, Max Hazard may not be able to, to shoot the point, but he's a really good three-point shooter. Devonair Dutrev will add rebounding. Josh Green is a better scorer than he's shown. He really is. I promise he is. But his rebounding is really good already, and his defense by the end of the year will be elite. He's going to challenge to be the best defender in the conference. I, I'm very confident in saying that. His athleticism and his length pose major problems. Um, Obviously, the the star of the night was Zeke Naji. Uh, I finally learned how to pronounce his name. I've been calling him Zeke Njai. I don't know why. It is Zeke Naji. 
Um, he he earned the correct pronunciation of his last name uh, with his performance. Um, you know, I've been telling people how good he is. Uh, I've said that I wouldn't be surprised if he is the best of the bunch with the freshmen. Um, he's not the highest ranked guy of the bunch, but um, there's something, you know, in practice, um, there's people close to the team that had continually told me, man, Zeke is Zeke is it. Like, Zeke, Zeke is that dude. And I think that Arizona was confident in Zeke, but Sean Miller said it the other night, that St. Mary's game really impacted their overall thoughts about Zeke because he went against a very solid, experienced, older team in St. Mary's, and he was the best player on the court. He lived at the free throw line. He went 10 times, made 10 different trips to the free throw line. I think he shot like 16 free throws. He dominated St. Mary's. Um, that's not something that a freshman should be able to do. Nico struggled and Josh struggled to, to guard Jordan Ford in that game. And Jordan Ford is awesome. He was great against Wisconsin. If you missed that, I think he was 11 of 24. But he controlled that game and was the main reason they won. Um, so it's not as big of an issue. Like, it's a learning thing for them. But when you're Sean Miller and you see Zeke go out and dominate a St. Mary's team that has older experience, has good size, etc., you kind of say to yourself, all right, like this kid's for real. And I know it is NAU, and I know that we'll have a much better feel for things against Illinois, which is a bigger, better team uh, in moving forward. But Zeke's good. I mean, it, 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 this isn't a case of uh, a guy simply dominating better competition. We've seen that before. Again, this felt different. I mean, Zeke had a play where uh, he had the play where he split the defender and, and went up for a finger roll. Now, people may not realize this. Zeke is 6'10", 240. Dudes his size shouldn't be able to do that. Um, but this is something where in high school, I saw him about 10 times, I would say, and he was a, mainly a rebounder, a very tough kid, good defender, um, and that's something that I think has really translated. I mean, you watch him defensively against NAU, he probably could have guarded all five positions. You don't want him guarding the one, but he really, off screens and such, he probably could have for a few possessions. I mean, he is as versatile as it comes defensively, um, and so he's a guy where, when it's all said and done, if he's the best player on this team, would it be a shock to anyone? Uh, probably not. It wouldn't come as a surprise to the coaching staff. He is a really good kid. He's a hard worker. He's as consistent as they come in practice. He is a guy that he's going to have his ups and downs because he is a freshman. Uh, but he's good. I mean, that's just, uh, I can say it over and over again, but um, I think eventually people on a national scale will start to pick up on how good uh, Zeke really is. Um, and speaking of the Zeke in the front court, I mentioned that he's versatile, can guard numerous positions. That's one of the strengths of Arizona's front court is the fact that Ira Lee is way different than Zeke, who's different than Chase, who's different than Stone Gettings, etc. You have Zeke, who's versatile, can probably guard at least, you know, let's let's play it safe and say guard three positions. Uh, can play the four and the five. Offensively, maybe he could play some three, but you'd want him at the four and the five. You have Ira Lee, who has played a little bit of five, but the reality is he's a four. And you have Chase, who's a straight-up five. He's not playing any other position. He's not guarding any other position unless maybe you're playing USC and they go with that three-big lineup. But these guys complement each other really well. You don't want Zeke, Ira, and Chase on the court at once, but you have no issues with like Stone, Zeke, and Chase on the court, or Stone, Ira, and, and Zeke on the court at the same time because of how well uh, they complement each other. Um, speaking of, of Stone Gettings, 
he's a guy that had been struggling in practice to knock down the shot. And when you are a shooter and you're not hitting, you're not going to get a lot of playing time. What we've seen in the games, in the red and blue game, in the scrimmage against Chico in this game, is that when his shot is falling, he's a dangerous guy. He is a mismatch because of his size. Now, you worry about what else he's going to do when his shot isn't falling, uh, but he's had a couple dunks. His athleticism is, is probably better than expected, and he really stretches the floor. Uh, and it goes back to what I said with his versatili- versatility. And, you know, you could play him with Zeke. You, you kind of bang out in the low post a little bit and guard him there and, and double down. And then you have Stone. And it really helps in transition, where if Nico and Josh are pushing it off, uh, you have Stone that can kind of float to the three-point line and uh, and hit the three. Or Zeke goes inside. They follow Zeke inside, and Stone's out there waiting to hit the three. There's just a lot of options on this team. Uh, Chase Jeter looked fine against NAU, um, really dominated his man, forced him to foul out. Um, again, not great competition, but he looked a little bit more confident. Um, and, and meanwhile, I'm talking about all these front court guys, and, and I didn't even mention Christian Coloco. Um, Christian Coloco is a guy that may wind up being so good that he's going to force Arizona to play him. Sean Miller said in the press conference, his time will come. Um, and he's not saying that Christian Coloco is not going to play at all, but it's hard. I mean, it's just hard when you have Ira Lee and Zeke and Stone and, and Chase. It's going to be hard to get Christian Coloco because he's one of these guys where he's only a five. There's not a lot of versatility with him, which is fine because he's going to be a really good five. Um, but we saw it against NAU. Led the team in rebounds in 12 minutes. Uh, his offensive game is, is further along than I think people realize. He's going to block shots, too. And not a lot of guys in Sean Miller's defense are, that Sean Miller has recruited are able to block shots. So if a guy goes down like Ira or Chase, the fact that Christian Coloco is on the bench ready to step in, that's awesome for Arizona because we go back to last year and you remember Chase got hurt. I mean, who, who was Arizona playing in that front court? It was, you know, no disrespect to Ryan Luther, but you're playing the five. Uh, I release playing the five. That's, that's just not the winning recipe, but um, that problem is kind of, unless there's knock on wood, a major disaster in the front court. Um, that's not really much of an issue. Um, and just overall, uh, it's it just the team is built very well. And uh, Dylan Smith is a guy where, you know, no one is harder on Dylan Smith uh, than I am. I, I joked, and someone tweeted at me and took me seriously, which made my night. But I joked that, you know, he hit the three and he, he went back down on defense and yelled at F Wildcat Authority because I'm pretty sure he reads my tweets. I know he reads my tweets. Um, really nice kid. Let me just get that squared away. Uh, there's a reason why Sean Miller and Dylan's teammates and people around Dylan like him. Um, personality standpoint, really, really good kid. Does he have questions about how good of a player he is? Sure, absolutely. But if he can do what he did against NAU, he's more useful than any of us could have imagined. Hits the three, when open, doesn't turn the ball over, defense. That's it. That's all Arizona needs. 15, 20 minutes a game, um, if that's what it's going to be, defend, hit the three, don't turn the ball over, and Miller's going to play him. And the reality is that while Nico learns how to defend, Dylan Smith is a guy that probably needs to be in there early in the season. Um, Jamal Baker, I think when he's healthy, has a good chance to eventually work his way in there. Sean Miller said he's still a few weeks away. They want to get to that six-week mark. He's had some issues with his hip. It's not made up. They, they are legitimate hip issues. He's playing through it. They're practicing him 
lesser than uh, other guys on the roster. When he gets healthy, I do think he pushes for a starting position. Um, I do think Devin Ayer eventually does as well. But you never know. I mean, if Dylan defends and doesn't turn it over and hits those threes when he's open, doesn't force things, you never know. Sean Miller might just say, hey, let's start Dylan. Let's put him in 15, 20 minutes a game. Let's start, you know, Devin Ayer and, and Jamal and get him in there together. And uh, it, it just comes back to that depth. And, you know, watching the game last night, uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, Devin Ayer kind of, I, I don't want to say he screwed himself because it's so early in the season. But he hurt himself in this situation because the longer that he's out, now he may be back against Illinois. If he's back against Illinois, this is probably a moot point. But the longer that he's out, the more that these guys playing pass him up. Um, If Jamal Baker is playing well and Dylan Smith is playing well and Max Hazard is playing well and they're all really good kids, you're not going to worry about making mistakes off the court. Devin is going to have to really earn his playing time. Um, I, I do think that his minutes will eventually come at Max Hazard's expense and probably a little bit off Dylan Smith. Uh, but Devin Ayer has his work cut out for him. It's not going to be handed to him. Uh, you know, he, He's not necessarily in Sean Miller's doghouse, uh, I would say, but it's a situation where he has to prove to the coaches that mentally he's doing the right things on and off the court, and that may take some time. And if it takes some time, you're going to see the other guys work their way up and continue to impress Sean Miller and continue to play well. And it's going to be a really interesting situation. Um, and, and I think that kind of leads uh, overall to, to there's questions about how Sean Miller is going to handle this team because this team goes 10 deep and it is a legit 10 deep. We, we usually say that under Miller. Um, you know, but like in the past, we've been talking about guys like Alex Barcel and being like, oh, they have a guard and you know things like that. Uh, this is different. Like Arizona, I almost wonder, remember John Calipari a few years ago went with a straight five in, five out, and like it worked. He narrowed it a little bit in the tournament, but it worked. Arizona could easily do that. Like they could easily play a lineup of Nico, Dylan, uh, Josh Green, Zeke, and Chase, and then go with a lineup of, you know, Jamal, Max, uh, Stone, Ira, and, you know, whoever it may be, and uh, Coloco. And yes, there's a drop-off, but that second lineup would be able to really play. Now, obviously, he's not going to go five in, five out, but you you do wonder if it's going to be similar to NAU where you see a bunch of guys in that 12 to 15 minute range in order to get everyone on the court. And I think it works really well early in the season um, when you don't want to burn guys out. Uh, Roy Williams at North Carolina had an interesting quote about Cole Anthony where he basically said, I don't care about burnout. These guys are in college. Um, If I have to play him 35 minutes a game, so be it. Um, You know, kind of a jerk answer, but that's Roy. Uh, and so, I, you know, if Arizona is able to play guys 15, 18 minutes on in the early season and kind of guide them into more minutes, I think the team will really benefit because we've seen guys that have played a lot of minutes under Sean Miller kind of struggle uh, later on in the season. Um, really excited about this team. I know it's only one game. But like I said, I think a hundred times on this podcast already, uh, it just felt different. Now, obviously, if Arizona plays poorly against Illinois, I could come and say, oh, you know, everything I said uh, on this podcast was wrong. But I have a feeling uh, that won't really happen. There's a few games on the horizon. Illinois is a team that Arizona should beat. You look ahead, that New Mexico State game where they come to McHale uh, will be kind of difficult. If they face Providence and Anaheim, you assume that that'll be relatively difficult. Baylor, relatively difficult, and of course, um, Gonzaga. 
So overall, um, fun game to watch against NAU. Not a lot to take away from it in terms of the opponent, but I think that there were so many good things that we saw um, that it was fun. Like, let's just be honest, for, for one week, <laughs> let's just say we had fun watching Arizona basketball. Um, and, and so that's today's podcast. I appreciate you for joining me. We'll, uh, we'll preview Illinois. We'll be right back. Quick turnaround. Looking at Illinois, there's some matchups that I'm really excited about, especially at center and, uh, and point guard. I think those are going to be two awesome matchups. There's going to be a ton of NBA scouts in attendance. Mikhail sent a record, probably. Um, we'll get to that as well in the podcast. But once again, I'm Jason Shear, senior editor of Wildcat Authority. My dogs are now sleeping, so that's why you only heard a couple barks. Um, I, uh, I appreciate you for joining me, and uh, see you again in another 24 hours with the podcast.